Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I got the SNY guys here with me, and I was just thinking, I went back and looked to see what you, you guys thought. You guys have been together a decade already, huh? Is it 10 years? 12 years. 12 years. Well, it's 2006. Yeah. It's like, so now it's 12, going on 12 years. You know, it goes fast. It really goes fast. I remember when I have, obviously, Gary, Keith, and Ron all together. First, <laughs> first thanks for coming in for a, minute, a couple minutes, guys. I thought this would be nice because I listen to you guys all the time. You guys do a great job. Tell me, let me start with you, Gary, because you... We're coming from radio. You had done radio for at least how many years? 17, 16, 17? 17 with the Mets, yeah. And a little trepidation, right, about going into TV, right? You were, you were worried about making that transition, right? I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, really, and I think that's one of the reasons we've done as well as we have and, and why things went so well so quickly because we knew we needed each other because none of us knew what we were doing. I mean, Keith had done a few games here and there. Ronnie had one year in Washington under his belt. I had never done TV. So... You know, we, we we leaned on each other from the start, and I think that really, really How helped. about you? Now, you had established yourself as one of the premier radio guys in the country. You were well-established, and it's a whole different deal doing television, not only being a traffic cop, but just doing the difference in play-by-play is enormous. How, about, how hard was the transition for you before you started to work these guys in? Well, I think I, I think we always worked well together. My problem was just not talking too much. I still, even to this day, I think in radio and have to translate to TV, which leave, means leaving 90% of what you were going to say behind and figuring out which 10% to use. But these guys, they've made it so easy because they, they bring so much to the table in terms of expertise and personality and gravitas with the Met fan because of their history with the franchise. So... You know, it's yeah, but you guys have it. Three-man teams are tricky. First of all, teams are tricky to begin with, okay? Any team is tricky, and successful teams are tricky. You guys have had a lot of success, and you have very good chemistry. Ronnie, how about you? You do a lot of stuff. Start with you. What's the key for you that why this thing works so well together, you three guys? Well, I, I think Gary intimated um, that we both all His lean. mic's not on. Uh, okay, intimated that we, we, uh, we need to lean on each other, but I think even more importantly, I don't know how long uh, it was before we came on air. I think it's right before we went on air, but I could be wrong. But Keith said, remember, you do the pitching, I do the hitting. And he simplified it literally in that one sentence, and it changed everything for us because that's what we do. He does the hitting, I do the pitching, unless he's not there or I'm not there. Go ahead, Keith. Is well, that, was I, it as simple as that? I think so. I'm surprised that more broadcasts don't have a pitcher and a three-man team. I mean, not, those that have three-man teams don't have the balance of a, of a guy that plays every day, a hitter, and a pitcher. Because there's things that Ronnie brings to the plate. I mean, when Ronnie's not working and they show the wind-up, I don't know mechanics. I just knew how to 
follow a motion and see the ball out of the hand. I, did, I, had, I never worried about mechanics. Well, Ronnie brings that uh, with something that I can't bring, and, and, uh, all, and I bring in another thing. But here's the funny thing. You're a guy who was considered one of the smartest baseball players of any generation, gold glove, great player, and you're saying there's things about the game that you didn't know. You have guys who do games every night who never played and talk about incessantly everything that goes on in the game. You guys don't do that, which, says, which makes a big difference already. You're saying there's things you don't talk about. Well, I think that you know, it's a, when you've got three in the booth, number one, you've got to be concise. Ronnie and I have to be concise because we're in between pitches and we have to get our points in quick. When it's two in the booth, it's a little more time for, for, for some chatter. But like I've always said from the very beginning, Gary is the reason why the broadcast is what is, is so successful and so popular. He is, so, uh, he is the maestro, and he brings us into the broadcast. He's so, um, at, uh, just so up on Met history, uh, what's going around in baseball past, present, and, po- and potentially the future. And it makes for great discussion. And uh, there's games when you've got to have discussion. And we've had our share of them this year. Gary, any good team, timing is impeccable. Now, as I said, you had a big transition. And you had two guys. You mentioned their credibility, which is enormous with the fan base. That's true. They're, they're beloved guys with the fan base. And they won, which is enormously important. So they have gravitas. They want to hear from them. Plus, you got Keith's quirkiness. you got Ronnie. you got the whole thing. But from your standpoint, how conscious are you? even on a daily basis, the timing with the, with the broadcast. I don't think it's something we think about much. And, and, and I, I, it, it's interesting. When I listen to other three-man broadcasts, sometimes they get into the, the issue of one guy needing to have the microphone a lot. And I think for all that we have and, and all that these guys accomplished, there's very little ego in our booth. I mean, there are times when one of us won't talk very much for lengthy periods of time, and that's okay We've got three different, very different perspectives. We all have a certain knowledge base that we operate from, and I think we all defer to each other. And so there's, it's something we don't really think about, and, and I think that that's one of the reasons why it's worked. And it's a really good chemistry. It's a good listen, but it's also a good chemistry. Three-man teams, teams either have a chemistry or they don't. Teams either work or they don't. That's just the way it is in broadcasting. Your team works. It works on a lot of levels. They make you the quir- you're like the one they always think is a little eccentric and everything else with with, with, with some of your stuff, which we know you. With your, your, <laughs> listen, hey, listen, you're talking you're talking to a cat the other night on a damn game. Okay, I mean you got a cat out there, right? and, you know? and you're kind of like you're you're, you're kind of like you know everyone knows. There's no one more solid than Ron as a broadcaster, as a person. You're kind of like the solid guy in the group, you know? Well, you know, um, for, here's an example, and, and I've I got to bring this up first. We, we did start with Bill Webb giving us the shots. Right. Uh, the late Bill Webb, who's uh, uh, the, arguably the greatest Great director, director one of, the of baseball no of all time. No question. So that we started with him, and our producer, Greg Picker, I work with a lot of producers. Greg Picker is the greatest producer mm-hmm. I've ever worked with. Um, he's so talented. So we have those two guys. But here's an example. Santana throws his no-hitter, only no-hitter in Mets history. We get around the fifth inning, and Gary and I used to always have this shtick. A guy would have a no-hitter for five innings. I'd go, Gary, tonight's night. He goes, there is no way a man's going to throw a no-hitter for the Mets. And as the game got along, Keith and I were just sitting there, and Gary was, you know, he was just on the top of his game because this was going to be an historic moment. If you listen to that broadcast, Keith and I don't say a lot in the last three innings. Well, you say was, more than me. Uh, well, because it's pitching. I'll let you have it. it was right. the pitching. Because this was a pitching deal, but not I, a hitter's deal. But I didn't say a lot either because what do you need to talk about? It's all about. It became all about Gary 
the pitch count, and whether he was going to give up a hit. That's all it was, and Gary covered it, and it was, that's why it was so beautiful. And, and listen, you guys have, you, you know your place now. You guys have, you know, they had a, a beloved trio when they were, you know, the Mets were young. You know, you grew up with, with Lindsey with his wacky jackets, with Ralph, who was the home run hitter and the star, who went out with Elizabeth Taylor, and you had Bob Murphy, who was kind of the straight man. So you had, you had that trio. You guys have replaced those guys, and you've done a really good job doing it. I mean, you guys are very popular. You really are. You got, I mean, you got, you've really developed a great niche for yourselves. You, you know really what's have. amazing when you think back to those guys? They didn't, three of them didn't work together, right? They were doing all the TV and all the radio uh, yep. every day. So you had one guy on radio, two guys on TV. They'd rotate during the game, and they did every game. Radio and TV. I mean, I, can you imagine? No. Keith, can you imagine? Well, there were day games. Imagine Keith doing 162, Keith. Oh, no trips, you know. I can do them in a day game. All right, let me get to the team. Okay. Because Selman tonight has. He'll be your storyline. He's got the weight of the world, and including the general manager on his back. Ronnie, we start with you with the defer to the pitching guy. Go ahead. Um, well, uh, he, uh, I know that uh, he probably right now wishes he could take those words back. Um, listen, when a general manager, especially of, uh, of the ilk of, uh, of Sandy Alderson, says something, uh, the best thing is to usually say nothing, But especially when you have a, a six-plus ERA. Uh, that being said, you know, last year he was an important part of this team. It's one of the reasons they went to uh, the wild card game. Uh, he's had uh, an awful year for him. Uh, but he's 23 years old, you know, and um, uh, I, I still think... Do you think, think he understands the magnitude of now, the challenge tonight, where he basically might as well leave his uniform out there if he, if he bombs? I would say that he probably doesn't know the magnitude of, <laughs> I second of, of that. what, what it is. Uh, uh, no I, shot, Keith, right? I, no I, shot. I think guys now have... Uh, they're very confident, Mike. They're very, very confident, and I think that uh, he probably doesn't know... Uh, that everyone's going to be watching tonight, including us in the booth. How about the Subway Series? Now, you, we know, don't like the Yankees. We know, which is fine. I mean, I, I like that. <laughs> but how about the does, the, does it still hold a law for you? Do you still, you had Maliki on, which was nice, because I remember that night when Maliki just drove everybody nuts in the ballpark. Absolutely nuts with that. But what a performance that night. He was unhittable. But do you still, do you like it? Do you not like it? Oh, I love the Mets-Yankees. So I, do I. I, 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 I love it. I'm not yeah. a fan of interleague play in general. Either um, am I. I would scrap all the rest of it and just leave the natural rivalries. The, the atmosphere in the ballpark is fantastic, fantastic. in both ballparks. Yeah, I agree. And it's true no matter what the standings are. And um, I, I think it's great for the city. It's great for baseball. Um, you know, if the two teams are both playing at a, a playoff caliber level, that makes it even better. But, you know, for Met fans, this is this is their World Series right now, and right now they're down two games to none. They are down <laughs> two games. Were you upset? It seemed like were you, were you shocked or upset that he didn't let uh, Smith hit against, you know, because he got a lot of grief for not letting Smith hit against uh, Chapman last night. We were all a little surprised, but Keith had a little per- different perspective on it. He's well, trying to win a game. Well, uh, you know what? When I, I struggled early in my career, and I'm, we're going to talk about it tonight, and I just I, I missed the boat last night, but it just came to me when I was when I woke up this morning was when I had came back in '76, and I had two bad starts, and I played the second half every day, and uh, we were out of it. Philly won 101 games, ran away with the East. Uh, Red Shandies told me I was going to play every day the second half of the season. And I went over baseball. I'm doing my book, so I was going over baseball reference. And I went the whole chronolo- chronology uh, in chronological order. Red sat me down in the beginning against Tommy John. Right. Uh, 
he pinched hit for me twice in San Francisco, two days in a row against Gary Lavelle. Gary Lavelle, who was the okay. top of the I game. I remember him. Yeah. You know, and he eased me in to – he sat me down against Candelaria. Right. Who was uh, nasty against yes, Lefty. and he was very young, too, was yeah. my age. And then as I got hot, he started increasing my play against left hand. He's played me against left-handers, but when I got rolling, which took around two and a half weeks, then he put me in the lineup every day, and I thought that was the right thing to do. So in defensive tearing. So you think it was more that, or you think he was just trying to get a guy on base and win the game last night? You think he was thinking I, about the game, or you think he was thinking oh, about the player? To, he wants to win. Yeah. I, I, I think it was absolutely a, a decision that who gives me the best chance to get on base against Chapman. The, what I was talking about, and uh, Gary maybe, uh, he and I were talking about, is that that's a very good short-run decision because that's what managers have to do, win a game. Right. The long-run decision is that the Red Sox, who just came in and were in first place, let a 20-year-old kid hit lefty against lefty against Chapman, and he hit a home run. It might be one of the signature moments in his early career that might transform him and, and, and make him go uh, skyward. Who knows? Now, if he had, makes an out against Chapman, it still is the only way to get better is you play against the best. And I know what you know. Keith is saying. What he's saying now makes a lot more sense, but... It, during the game, I thought it was a mistake. Interesting. We're talking with, obviously, the guys who are the SNY since 2006, which is amazing. You know, I think about being here 30 years, I mean, but you guys have already been doing this 12 years. I remember when Keith started. Matter of fact, Dog and I were, were pounding those guys. That we were saying, put Keith on the air. He's great. I mean, in the beginning, they, they were worried about you when they were putting you on the air. Imagine the being worried about him being they like They were like, Keith's going to be tough worried. on the players. So what? Let him be tough on the players. That's the idea. Well... You know, Bill Webb was encouraging me in the beginning. You should. In the beginning, I was. But player uh, can't take it tough. In the beginning, I was very uh, impatient, and I still am. But and Bill Webb encouraged <laughs> it, and uh, I just kind of took a step back. You know, you keep doing games, and I'll say one thing: when, as long as a player is giving it a hundred percent, it's hard to get on them. And some players just don't have the instincts, and they make a lot of mistakes. But as long as they're giving it a hundred percent. It makes my job easy, and I'm certainly not going to come down on them. It's just a certain player that's always a minority and a, and a sprinkling of them that, that drive you crazy that is just, you know, sometimes don't have the effort. Give me in a word this Met season, Gary, for you. What's this Met season been in a word or two for you? It's an enormous disappointment. I mean, if you go back through the annals of Mets history, um, years where they were expected to compete for a, a, a playoff berth, a World Series, and to crash and burn the way they have. 1992 comes to mind when they spent all that money on Bonilla and Eddie Murray and uh, Brett Saberhagen, um, and they lost 92 games that year. Uh, this year they have a bit of an excuse because they've had so many pitching injuries, but they've also had a tremendous amount of underperformance. And I think you know, for them to be languishing 11 games under 500 in the middle of August is, is an enormous disappointment. Tell me what you've seen from Dominic Smith so far, Keith. I know it's only a short sampling, but what have you seen? I haven't. I saw a lot in spring, and I liked his glove in spring. Uh, I was impressed with the opposite field home run last night. How could you not be? Uh, I haven't seen enough of him yet. Um, I know they're trying to get him to lift, and that's to me that's the new wave in, in hitting. And I, I'm not, I'm, I, I just can't see my way through that. I can't, I can't come to terms with that. And I see he's got a little more of an upper uppercut swing. They want home runs today, and uh, they're teaching him down there. And I think as a result, that's why you have so many strikeouts. Um, which to me, for us, if it's strikeouts, walks, and home runs, it's not much to Mets talk about. Mets don't score if they don't hit home runs. No, no, full. And any runs. 
I mean, they're in one of the great stretches of all time right now, right? They, I mean, in this series, everyone's home run. But what is it, like 30-something out of their last 40 34 runs? 34 of their last 40 runs. That's insane. Run. Yes, that it is. is insane. It is. Ronnie, the pitching, uh, is the Met aura of the starting pitches, is that over? Is that gone now, this group? You know, it's, it's, I, I pride myself on knowing what I'm talking about. Um, this winter, I couldn't have been more wrong. I really thought that Harvey had something to prove. Syndergaard was going to work uh, um, work himself into one of the best pitchers in baseball, maybe the right-handed Kershaw, um, that uh, Matz was going to prove that he could be healthy. I thought it was, uh, I don't know, I thought it was going to be a perfect storm for all of them to succeed this year, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And I know um, a part of it is injuries, but I, but I do think when you look around the league, the teams that are really, really doing it, they have young, everyday players. And um, I think to go along with that pitching, now that they've been hurt a couple times, I think that you can't, you can't look at them and say, hey, boy, they're going to be the, the biggest strength of our team. They could be a strength of the team, but I think you're going to have to surround them uh, with young players who can play every day because those guys seem to not get hurt as much. And maybe Rosario and Smith are those guys. Do you guys spend a lot of time together when, you, when you're not on the air together or no? As a group? What do you think? I, 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 on the road? Well, you go out on the road to dinner together? Or you just stay away? Or do you go, very, does everyone go away? How many off days do we get yeah, on the I road? Mean, I mean, you know? well, we have I mean, a night off during the season. We'll, yeah. we'll get together for dinner. Yeah, sure. okay. yeah especially, especially on the road. We all, always get together. But if I'm on the road, Keith's not on the road. So that we, we very rarely spend We're time. We're very rarely three on the road. Yeah. No, You're right. Not, not, 12 years, not a bad fight. Ever the three? No. no. See, I come from a, t- uh, I come from a group. <laughs> what, you know, what, yeah. we, we were a battle. Well, we, 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 know, we know your history. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were a war a day. I mean, geez. I was 20 years with one guy. We fought all the time. I mean, our biggest issue is that I'm a dog guy and Keith's a cat guy. <laughs> <laughs> as we found out, as a matter of fact. Well, listen, thanks. For, uh, first of all, congratulations. We always said you guys do a great job. Thank you. Gary, Ron, Keith, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate thanks, it. And congratulations to you. Thank you. And it's thank good you. to have you back in the house. Thank you. Thanks very much.